Welcome to the epicenter, the cleavage. Now, you know, everybody likes to hang out in the lap of God. Well, I want you to know this is the cleavage of God because she is a fine, miracle-working woman. And this is the Ted Nugent and Shemaine Nugent Kill It and Grill It Ultimate Sacred Flesh Reverence Book. And I'm going to make this out. Chad. Godspeed. Hunt forever. And then I'm going to have Mrs. Nugent sign this. And uh, this was a New York Times bestseller, by the way. I wish mine was. 22. Well, yours should be. I'm going to help you make it because this is a great book. My name is Ted Nugent. I'm here with Chad Belding. And this is what I consider the current Bible for reverence for the sacred venison. This cook, it's really well done. I mean, congratulations. Thank you, sir. I mean, you Thank must, you. you have way more patience than I do because everybody <laughs> wants me to write another cookbook and I ain't sitting down it's writing hard. Jack. I ain't writing Jack. That is <laughs> what I ain't writing. So you already signed this, but you can personalize it with a blue Sharpie. A great This cookbook. is what I'm going to say in mine. The provider. And my partner, Chad Mendez, my brother's cook yeah, Chad, and Clay, we worked the hard on this. Double Chad's. You know, I don't settle for just one Chad. I want a double Chad. Thank you for teaching all of us how to be the ultimate providers. We are providers. And it is our job to be the ultimate provider. You know, they're scared of the ultra mega. Well, now you're the gonzo mega. Gonzo. You're the gonzo provider. You don't just provide. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, we sir. We are blood brothers. Blood brothers. I got to ask a question. Yeah. You were just well, During a podcast, since you're the interviewer and I'm the interviewee, you would ask the questions and I would answer them. We could, Except we I'm turning this because I'm could, doing it You could turn ways. on me. This is like a campfire. Get I out like your it. weenies, man. Like Get it. out the... And my s'mores. You had a line in a song you just sang about you don't have time to stay angry. You said stay angry. Are you right now with the current state? Like, have you ever seen? Look at there comes happy. Why are you time? You're asking if I'm angry, and actually happy shows do you up. Get, do you get fed up though with what's going on right now. No, like every no. time we turn the corner, it's they're coming at us. This somewhere. is really important. You're asking this because I think what your and my celebration, spiritual celebration, of a hands-on conservation. Come here, happy. Come here, happy. Come on, happy. Happy makes me happy. Look at the greatest retriever. This this dog would retrieve the neighbor's kid if I told him to. <laughs> Good boy. My this is oh, a very important point. Because here we are in the Nugent Man Cave Cuckoo's Nest Rock and Roll Backstrap Mystical Flight of the Arrow Projectile Management Epicenter. Boy, that's a mouthful. Somebody, somebody write that down. I want to read that often. And and what you and I celebrate, and we're going to celebrate anything and everything. Nothing is off the chart. Here's here's Coco, the number one hey, Coco, duck retrieving German Shepherd. But anyhow, and this is all part of it. The dog show up when you ask that question. What is it we really provide? You talk about a book called The Provider. All right, we provide protein, the purest, most natural, healthiest, environmentally sound protein and the procedure by which we procure it, procure it. Okay, so we get some venison out of the deal. Perfect. If that's all we got, it would be perfect. But think of what we really get and what we provide. And now in the insanity of what you asked, if it drives me crazy and makes me angry, dishonesty makes me angry. Corruption at the highest level by this guy who thinks he's the commander in chief, how much more angry could you possibly be? 
but we provide venison and I call it the spirit of the wild. And I do a Real America's Voice, Ted Nugent Spirit Campfire. I do a Random Spirit Campfire. I do uh, the Nightly Nuge. I do interviews in the media every day. And I'm emphasizing now more than ever the ultimate answer to that inquiry. No, I don't get fed up because my, my samurai martial arts archery, my shooting a squirrel in the eyeball for the dogs, we provide sanctuary, God's miracle when we participate heart and soul, balancing the herd, managing habitat, enhancing habitat, paying to rehabilitate habitat. These stewardship conservation responsibilities ultimately will provide a mallard, and a sandhook crane and a dove and a deer and a bear. But even when we don't kill food for the family and charities, we have experienced an escape mechanism that is more important now than ever. So if, you, if you've noticed since you landed here at the Nugent Ranch, I'm a happy, happy guy. I'm, a, I'm alive, I'm upbeat, I'm positive almost to a fault. <laughs> the outdoor lifestyle is more important now than ever because the world is so ugly, uglier now than ever because we expect it from the Nazis and from the Japanese emperor. And we expect it from Marx and Lenin and, and Che Guevara. We expect evil people to do evil. But when it happens to this extent in America, it could terrorize your spirit. So when I get my shot, my bow this morning, there was no Nancy Pelosi. I took the dogs out and filled some feeders. There was no Hunter Biden. When I, Shot a squirrel in the eyeball for the dogs this morning with my little 22. It was as if I was still in the Leave it to Beaver 1950s with my dad in the woods. <laughs> so the provider term provides way more than just culinary adventure and, and sustenance, pure sustenance. The, the procedure by which we pursue our reasoning predatorship provides much needed and very effective sanctuary. Even friends, military guys that gave their legs for freedom for the Constitution who are shattered now because their commander-in-chief is actually the enemy of our country. That's a harsh thing to say, but prove me wrong. I know I'm right. You know, the evidence is irrefutable. Those guys have expressed, and you and I, all right, we have ups and downs, we have pain, we have heartbreak, we have stressful days, not compared to a Marine who gave up both arms and both legs. I don't want to hear about any bad hair days. I don't want to hear about any complaints. I don't want to hear about things didn't go right today. This guy gave up everything. He dragged his buddy's remains off the battlefield for that constitutional oath. So the outdoor lifestyle, all right, it provides backstraps, which we're going to have here shortly and escape, but it provides a definitive sanctuary from whatever stress you may believe you're experiencing. And I say believe you're experiencing because again, we've had loved ones die. We've had bad days. We've experienced loved ones in our own health problems over time. 
But when you get outdoors, the guy who's in the wheelchair, he's happy. He's not stressed anymore. And I know you know that because you work with the military and special needs kids. Um, we're all special needs kids to some degree. So what I call the spirit of the wild, hunting, fishing, trapping, land management, food plot planting, tractor time, dirty hands, down to earth, grounded, working with God's miracle. Thank God, literally, thank God we have that perfect escape mechanism in the great outdoors lifestyle. And when I express it thusly, the feedback I get from my different media and podcasting and social media, Ted, you saved my life. I was partying, puking and throwing up and being an idiot. And then I hear you constantly hammer the spirit of the wild, the mystical flight of the arrow, aim small, miss small, aim small, miss small, marksmanship, discipline, projectile management, dedication, martial arts, awareness. And I, I become clean and sober. I got a bow and arrow. You saved my life. Not once or twice, not a couple hundred times. Thousands of times I've been told that. And it's because I was raised to be a reasoning predator and to be accountable for a, a conscientious step to be rewarded by a close encounter with a creature and maybe a good shot and dinner. So the provider is, goes way beyond meat. It goes deep into the spiritual world. And that's what you promote. That's what Ducks Unlimited represents. That's what the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. I don't know if they articulate it, articulate it efficiently enough. In fact, I don't believe they do. But we need to emphasize more of that spirit rehab, especially in the conditions we're living in America right now. So provide that to your friends who don't hunt, fish, or trap. They need us. They need it now more than ever. And it, like the great Fred Bear said, it will cleanse your soul. And boy, do we need some soul cleansing, huh? With your with your celebrity, which I know you're, you, you like give your cell phone number to me, a duck hunter, and you're a, you're like a rock god and a, a rock and roll star your entire career. So like I take the word celebrity out of Ted Nugent because I know you on a different level, but yeah, I'll buy that. But you you continue to put yourself out there this far into your career. How old are you? Can we say how old 74. I'll be 74 you, in a couple why, of Why, though? You don't have to make another dime. Because it's a culture war, and I didn't see our side responding to the hate from the animal rights people and the anti-gun people and the anti-hunting people. I'm waiting for somebody to show up on one of the networks back in the 50s and 60s and 70s. I'm going, this guy, Dan Rather, did this Guns of Autumn horror, yellow journalism attacking hunting with all this manipulated footing that had footage that had nothing to do with real hunting, and I'm waiting for the NRA and wait for SCI and wait for DU and wait for somebody to respond. Nothing. And still to this day, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, I love them, but it's not about your banquet. It's not about your fundraiser unless you're using those funds to have a PR campaign and relate to the public. PR, public relations, relate to the public that if you want clean air, soil, and water, you're going to have to rely on the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Pheasant Forever, and Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfall, and all these habitat restoration organizations that put in gazillions of dollars so you have some clean air, soil, and water. And guess who? guess who's heard that message outside other than from me? Nobody. 
and and I know, well, we promoted it. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. I haven't seen. I haven't. I'm a. I'm an. I'm, I pursue omniscience. I haven't got there yet, but I'm close. I'm so are you for, saying that these organizations have gotten away from the real meaning of the m- mentality and culture and the therapeutic advantage and, 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 and position that this, this lifestyle can put you in? They've gotten away from that? No, they haven't, but they haven't promoted it. They haven't shared it. They're yet, okay, DU, Habitat. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> they owe me some mallards. I've spent a lot of money for DU and all these organizations because they do great work, but it's too narrow. This is a culture war, um, and, and it's about, are, you, are the good guys, pro-gun, Second Amendment, NRA, Gunners of America, the Jews for the Firearms Protection, all these pro-gun organizations, you need to be in the public eye. You need to relate to the public. DU has done God's work. Walk into any mall in America and, and go up to anybody and go, so what does the letters DU stand for? Not getting it. What 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 does uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation do? Anybody? And again, they they do God's work, but we're in a culture war where the other side has the unlimited megaphone of hate and dishonesty that hunting is somehow bad, and that that Al Gore's going to save our air, soil, and water, <laughs> which is the biggest lie ever foisted on mankind as he flies in his private jets everywhere and has four mansions and has a bigger carbon footprint than anybody. See what I mean? It's a culture war. And unless you relate to the public, you're losing the culture war. And look who's in the White House right now. If that's not the irrefutable evidence that we're losing the culture war, I don't know what would be. So the hunting industry, a lot of money changes hands. Put it into relating to the public. Promote to the public that if you want clean air, soil, and water and a healthy, balanced wildlife, you might want to make a donation to Ducks Unlimited and Delta Waterfowl, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Natural Wild Turkey Federation, Pheasant Forever, Whitetails Unlimited. But these are these are almost hidden organizations from the public view, and we need to get in their face. That's why I've taken this thing that this thing called celebrity, and I've used it when I can access the media, and I've used it to promote these conservation organizations, these environmental organizations. Greenpeace isn't an environmental organization. Ducks Unlimited is. Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation is. The Mule Deer Foundation is. Even to some degree, Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young. But the general public has never heard of these organizations and know the great work they do. That's why I'm still doing it. But do these organizations have to be careful because they're playing both sides of the fence? Do they have to be careful because there's if a chance that if you're careful, all... you're losing. But are they getting money from the other side? That really is they got to be careful. I don't that... think. No, I don't think so. I don't think it. You know, some some celebrities that hunt and fish and are Second Amendment advocates, they're being careful, and that's called spinelessness where I come from. Um, no, I think I think Ducks Unlimited, and and I use that as a reference because they've been around so long. And they do such great work and they've raised so much money and rehabilitated so much habitat and cleaned up so much wetlands, which is where air, soil, and water quality comes from. Um, but only only the choir knows that, except for those that I told on Howard Stern and on Tucker Carlson and on MTV and VH1 and, and media every day. And in my books, I have New York, New York Times bestsellers that celebrate my hunting, fishing, trapping, and how it effects positively the environment. 
But no one in the industry has publicly made that battle cry. And it's, it's the battle cry. We, hunters, fishermen, and trappers are the ultimate environmentalists. So does somebody like Tucker that has the ability to provide, he's got the platform to provide the, the battle cry on a nightly basis. He fishes, he fly fishes, yes. he hunts ducks. Yes. He self-admittingly is a mallard sure. purist. He weaves it into his... his he does? Like he, enough? Does he do enough? To, to, can he do more? Or are there people that could get more on the Ted Nugent alignment of saying, hey, we got to do something. I mean, the Klamath Basin in Tule Lake in Southern Oregon, and Northern California is 100% bone dry now because mm-hmm. nobody do you, nobody's out there. The Department of the Interior under Trump went out there, and then all of a sudden the the administration changed hands, obviously, yep. and nobody's been out there, and now it's dry. Yep, that's Huge a perfect example. Here. So, as far as I'm concerned, does Kid Rock stand up for the right stuff? Yeah, when when he's visible um, in the media, he most of the guys don't like, especially guys like Kid Rock, who stands for all the right stuff, most of the right stuff. Um, they will admit. Second Amendment is pure. They will admit that hunting, fishing, and trapping is pure. But I don't want to just admit it. I don't want Hank Williams Jr. just to admit he's a hunter. I don't want Blake Shelton just to admit that he's a hunter. I want them to use their media power, their celebrity power, to promote it, to celebrate it, to convince their legions of followers. And Tucker Carlson, too. Tucker is really doing God's work. He's really a frontline warrior. But he should bring up the hunting, fishing, trapping, perfection, environmental positivity more often. Because the other side, they, they're constantly attacking. And I think our side should constantly attack them and crush their dishonesty. The number one reason why they wouldn't, though, if I had to guess, is because loss of revenue, potential revenue. Bingo! From the other side. Well, I've lost, nobody's lost more revenue than I have. <laughs> and I, but I don't care. I need to get the truth. Out. What's more important, revenue or truth? And I'll but, tell but, you. But wait a minute, Ted. Wait a minute, Uncle Ted. You play in front of a very diverse audience that I would guess, unless you're at a, a, a special celebration of the 100th anniversary and legacy and the birthday of federal ammunition, which was a, we'll get awesome, into. Awesome it was an amazing gig. night. The ultimate but, gig. But I would guess that 30, 25, 30, 40% of your audience on any given night doesn't hunt? You're, I betcha. But, and they're not running away from you, and you've got the biggest well, voice in hunting. Let's put it in uh, incrementalism. Um, I was selling out stadiums, and I was selling gazillions of albums until the industry turned on me because I was constantly promoting self-defense, Second Amendment purity, hunting, fishing, and trapping as the ultimate environmentalism, and I wouldn't smoke their dope with them that entertainment media, it really boils down to that. They go, well, we didn't promote him because he had bad music, whatever. So I just had the greatest tour of my life. (laughs) Ted Nugent, Detroit Muscle, Insanity of 2022. It was the most musically adventurous, exciting, tight, powerful, authoritative, ferocious, fun music of my life. And we sold out everywhere. But we weren't selling out stadiums. We were selling out three, four, five thousand seat places. And that translates into a huge reduction in revenues. But you know what? I still promote what I believe in. I attack this this evil that men should be able to destroy women's athletic records. And that the the left will tell you that a man can get pregnant. I I can't lie. And so those audiences, they are very diverse. I would venture to say that they're in the 80 plus percentile conservative, or at least... 
though, though I've had some indications backstage with people that pay extra for VIP time, that there's some liberal people, some left-leaning folks that come to my concert because the music is so powerful and everybody just loves an artist that puts his heart and soul into it. And that certainly described my band and myself. So there is a diversity in my audience every night. And on Spirit of the Wild TV, I have more non-hunters. I guarantee you. I have more non-hunters that get a kick out of Ted Nugent's Spirit of the Wild on Outdoor Channel for the last 30 plus years than maybe all the other shows combined because they want to see what this smart-ass guitar playing that wrote Wango Tango and these killer guitar licks. They want to see what is this hunting thing all about? And then they hear about the discipline, the mystical flight of the arrow, the environmental conscientiousness, the getting high on being one with God's miracle. Um, they've never heard that before. And quite honestly, I don't think they'll hear it on any of the other hunting shows. Not quite like that. And I think we need to go after that universally attractive, again, now more than ever, spirituality, the physics of spirituality. What could define a spiritual moment more available to us than the solitude and the spiritual stimuli of the outdoors? And all right, sex is good. Sex is awesome. Um, the birth of a child is spiritually stimulating. Um, a, a, a genuine relationship with a fellow human can be spiritually stimulating, and it should be. But in its entirety, as a force, I don't. I don't think anything. Nothing golf, comes close. There's because, nothing because no even that child and that 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 burial of a loved one, it all comes to us in the outdoors. Because it's there's no there's no negativity. It's it's open. It's up to us to create the atmosphere. And if we're positive in spirit, positive in gesture, positive in discipline, positive in movement, it's defining positivity. And I, I don't think our industry uh, does enough of that. More and more, I see more and more. Um, uh, focus on that spiritual reawakening. I don't know if they've ever used the word spiritual reawakening, but I see reverence for the beast. I see reverence for the family and the campfire spirit. There's more and more of that happening than just, you know, the killing of a big animal, a lot of mass. <laughs> um, it's all good, but I think our side can do more to reach out to the non-hunting public that has been bombarded with dishonest propaganda against conservation, we can do more to crush that, and I think we have to. A fellow Outdoor Channel host and country music, quote-unquote, celebrity and star Jason Aldean is Great in the man. news today. He's Buck Commander host, 17 or 18 number one hits, big career in country music. Um him and his wife came under fire the last five days and current it, events. Yep. She says a quote about, I'm glad that my mom and dad didn't push a, me a in. Perfect th statement. <laughs> when I was in my, in my tomboy stage, a harmless statement. If ever there was one, another country music star comes out and calls her scum for what she said. <laughs> Jason Aldean comes out and says, well, that's my barber. So now there was nothing that was derogatory 
like like really like punching somebody in the gut or cheap shot in my opinion or even unflattering today, just I, today, I, today i read that his 17 year career pr firm left him with a with a guy that was authentic and loyal to them for that long that could have jumped ship and went somewhere not saying they weren't good at what they did but my my question to you uncle ted is when you're opinionated like you have been did jason and his wife Brittany do the right thing for their family by saying this when they could have very easily just stayed in their lane, kept killing animals, kept grilling animals and kept promoting hunting and fishing and soil and clean air and everything that we do with a protein enriched diet. Did they do the right thing by going there, by saying that about something that is other than just hunting now? Now they got into a whole other politics, but now do they take the chance of bruising their ability to send a positive message out to what we need to represent us to the masses? of how therapeutic this lifestyle is. It started with her positive message. I thought it was a loving message. I thought it was a pragmatic message. I thought it was an honest message. I thought it was a harmless message. I thought it was a perfect message. In this world where chemical castration is running amok and destroying young people's lives, uh, all in the name of God knows what, because I don't know what they're trying to prove. So you, you hit a lot of points there. First of all, I will condemn anybody that decides to stay in their lane. How spineless can you be? What's, what's my lane? Who's going to tell me what my lane is? I'll tell you what my lane is, life. My lane is the world. My lane is truth, logic, and common sense. Try to keep me in my lane. I'm in charge of my lane. So yes, they did do the right thing. Now, could that uh, uh, reduce or compromise their their money-making sustenance for their family? Okay, maybe. But how, how can a FBI agent who dedicated himself to the law enforcement warrior sacred oath to the U.S. Consti Constitution to protect and enforce the U.S. Constitution, how can he obey a James Comey and, a, and raid Roger Stone's home at 6, 6 a.m. in the morning? Yep. Stay in your lane, Mr. Agent. Obey your obey this immoral order. I got to tell you, the manifestation of that cultural deprivation is Joe Biden in the White House. People stayed in their lane. They didn't engage. They didn't ruffle feathers. They didn't ask questions. They didn't challenge immoral commands. And here we are. I would recommend that if everybody would take a deep breath, because I'm going to say something really bold, which I'm really good at. Everybody take a deep breath and listen closely to what I'm about to say. The founding fathers and God, divine intervention, which told the emperors and the kings and the, and the, 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 the tyrants that we're not going to obey you anymore. We are in charge of our individual life. God intervened in that 1700s and said, you people should start a new life where you individually have the right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness and write it down in case somebody wants to play king, tyrant or emperor someday. Experiment in self-government. Chad Belding, I've, I've said a lot of cocky things in my days because I'm really good at it because I'm confident. When Marcus Luttrell calls me and tells me I'm his hero, when a family wants me to take their six-year-old dying son on his last hunt, my confidence cup grows iron. God and the founding fathers wanted every American to be just like me. 
suspicious of all authority, to question all commands and decrees, and make the decision based on your intellect, your instinct, and your guts. If they tell you to wear a mask that you know doesn't work, don't wear the mask. If they tell you to take a shot that the actual government bureaucracy says is an experimental shot, don't let them experiment on you. If the if the government tells you you can shoot a sandhill crane in Michigan, but you have to let it rot in the field, you're not allowed to consume it, consume it anyway. Pretty good advice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. God gave us a middle finger. I recommend we use it more often. And we, I, you know, I didn't go to college. I was too busy learning stuff. I let my instinct and I let my, my relationship with God guide my intellect and decision-making process to do the right thing. And when it was against the law to shoot that deer that's caught in the fence, half eaten by a coyote, suffering, I'm supposed to call some game warden to take care of this? I got it. I got this covered. I'm going to put him out of his misery. I don't need another man to authorize that. Right. You see what I mean? Well, that's against the law. Yeah, well, so was Rosa Parks sitting on that bus seat. It was. So, so was so was hiding Jews from the brown shirts. That was against the law. Hide the Jews anyway. What is this? The anyway statement is it's, it's powerful. Sometimes you give the world the best you got, and you get kicked in the teeth. Give the world the best you got anyway. You spend a lifetime building things and somebody tears them down. Build anyway. I think we've, we have lost that. Not everybody. I know there's some frontline warriors out there fighting for truth, logic, and common sense, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, Ten Commandments, the Golden Rule, law and order, God, family, country. There's still a bunch of us, but boy, are we overwhelmed by the government demons the big tech demons, the Disney demons, the Hollywood demons, the, the academia propaganda demons. I mean, if you've got a society that allows a man to destroy women's athletic records and says that it's okay, your society has gone to the dark side. Agreed. I'm not going there. If you were a normal income, and I know that you have done well in life, but I want to put you in the state of California as a father. Okay. I'd love to be there. You live in California and you make $60,000 a year as a superintendent on a construction site. You get a, an email from the Department of Wildlife that says that you cannot take your son or daughter on the youth hunt this weekend because you, if you're under 18, you cannot be exposed to a federally or state-funded program or a state-funded program in the state of California that involves a firearm. You just said anyway, the first offense is a guaranteed $25,000 fine. What do you do when you make $60,000 a year? Improvise, adapt, and overcome. Sometimes I've had to face the bludgeon of the justice system, which happens to be an anti-justice system. First of all, I've got buddies that are almost in that exact scenario. Construction guys, you know what they did? They, they ran into those kind of immoral decrees and anti-freedom, bureaucratic power-abusing decrees. You know what they did? They moved to Texas. Improvise. I'm in Texas. Do you know, let me... Everything I do when I get up in the morning in Texas is good. It's really good. It's perfect. I feed animals. 
that's perfect. I plant trees, I plant food plots, I work on fence and check feeder batteries, and I got a machine gun in my Polaris, and I shoot a bobcat, I shoot doves, I shoot a sandhill crane and eat it. Everything I do in Texas is good. It's the right thing. They're all against the law in Michigan. Everything I just mentioned is against the law in Michigan. So I'm not going to subject myself to a corrupt, criminal system. Not the, not the criminal court system, the court system that is criminal. It's, they're the criminals. I'm not, so I moved to Texas. We were being treated for this uh, black stachybotrys mold infestation that almost killed us. And I'm realizing, wow, we love Michigan. I'm born in Detroit. Awesome. The people are awesome. The spirit, the work ethic, the neighborliness. It's the greatest people in the world are in Michigan. But the bureaucrats have so overpowered the good people with insane regulations what man can tell me I can't move apples closer to my tree stand? Who is this guy? Who's the man who tells me the beaver are flooding my driveway and I got to call somebody? I think I can handle beaver problems. I got to call a guy to handle my beaver? I've just, I was offended. I still took care of the beaver problem myself, but it was against the law. So when we're here being treated in Texas, I go, wait a minute, this is the stuff I really enjoy. This is the stuff I do. This is all good stuff. It's environmentally sound. It's all positive. It's all environmentally and wildlife management good, but it's all illegal in Michigan. I'm going to stay in Texas. Now I go to Michigan and hunt every fall and I do my damnedest to obey the regulations, but the dove is not a songbird. The dove is not a songbird. It's on a shotgun show. The ball. dove is not a songbird. Unless the Michigan DNR and Natural Resource Commission can show me a shotgun show box with, with a cardinal on it, I can't obey that law. The law is a lie. They're lying. I don't obey lies. The Sandhill Crane, it's a ribeye in the sky. You can't tell me I can't eat one. It's a ribeye. They're lying. It's, it's just indecent. And I'm immune to dishonesty and corruption and abuse of power. And they're, they have an oath. I believe their job description is wildlife management based on sound science. I know that's in the law. They got no sound science. Re relocating apples is dangerous to what? It's unbelievable. I'd like the deer to eat the apples close to my tree stand so I can kill the deer. The DNR wants the deer killed. I want the deer killed. The farmers want the deer killed. The highway department wants the deer killed. The insurance companies want the deer killed. And you're going to tell me that I can't relocate apples. You're wrong. I'm right. These are Jews. I'm hiding them in my basement from the brown ship shirts. I'm Schindler and the Nazis are angry because my list is increasing. I hope people are grasping these metaphors, but it's I, I, I find it bizarre that a human being can think they have control over a free American where he puts apples. Who could possibly believe they have that power? They don't have, I've, they don't have the power. They're lying, they're dishonest, and they're just exercising unauthorized authority for, I can't even imagine what reason, just because they're bad people. They're bad. If you call a morning dove a songbird, you're a bad person. If you were raising a kid 
And I'm raising kids. You should meet my kids. My kids are awesome. If you were raising a 10-year-old in today's society, would they be allowed to get on an iPad? And I'm one, and I'm, I'm I'm not going off of what we were just talking about. Oh, it's, but it's I'm relative. Talking, I'm talking about inspiration and influence, yeah. right? Of what people and kids and and how influential they can be become by what they see. Um, they're being told that it's not okay to hunt in California on a youth day, and then they go on to some of these apps or some of these shows, and they're seeing messaging that is promoting that exact same message and they're getting it from both sides now, how would you, how would you stop this or, or what you just say, adapt and overcome of raising a kid? And I'm asking kind of for a selfish reason. I have an 11 year old and I don't want her to be on the iPad. I don't want her to get used to that kind of a lifestyle. I want her out in the woods. I want her in the duck blind. I want her on the ATV and the side by side. I want her at the feeder and moving apples closer to the deer. Yeah. I want that lifestyle. For Planting her. trees in the springtime. How yeah. would you do it today? How would you do it when it's so easy for that to become the babysitter? But we don't have any idea until you really look, sit down. And I've watched like one episode of this show called Fuller House. The first episode of the first season that my daughter loves. I watched the first three minutes of the first episode. And I said, I called my ex-wife and I said, what? What are you kidding me? Did you hear what they said in the kitchen? And I'm like, this is coming from everywhere now. So how would you, how do we raise an 11 year old right now, Uncle Ted, of saying, it's okay. You can go out and shoot a gun. You can go out and hunt. Yeah. I can't move her to Texas. I can't move her to Texas. Yeah. I don't have that capability. Yep. But how do we do it to where they're getting influence from all of these different sides? Yep. And now the laws are turning in against that as well. They're saying you can't do it. They're getting promoted that you shouldn't hunt, you shouldn't shoot, you shouldn't have a gun, yep. you shouldn't kill animals, you shouldn't kill Bambi, you need to vote with your emotions and not scientific yep. data. Holy and then smoke. all of a sudden, they're like, Dad, we can't go hunting? I'm not allowed to hunt? We've been hunting on the youth day for the last five years. We can't go hunting now? They're winning. Yep. They're telling me over here yep. that it's bad, and now they're saying it's outlawed. You see what I'm saying? Like They're getting it from both angles. Challenging, challenging times more than ever, I believe. So the answer is, and again, we're all individuals, but you're a, you're a smart guy, you're a tuned in guy, that you care about this issue and you're 11 year old proves that you're well equipped to overcome the propaganda ministry because that's really what they're dealing with. And all those elements that I mentioned before, government, academia, big tech, oh boy, the, the song Stranglehold comes to mind. Uh, Disney, Hollywood, pop culture, some of these demonic imageries and, and satanic imageries and lyrics in some of the most popular music today is nothing short of frightening. My son Rocco is 32. And though the culture war was nowhere near as toxic as it is then as it is now when he was growing up, the way Shemaine and I bombarded him with love, guidance, nurturement, counterpunching the negativity that he was exposed to with the exploding new technology, cartoons, public television, public radio, the school system. We pulled him out of a school system because they said it doesn't matter how he spells as long as it's close and phonetic. I said, that's that's anti-education. Isn't that anti-education? Aren't you an educator? Because that's anti-education. I'm just a guitar player, but I think what you've got going here is anti-education. We're, we're pulling our son out of this school. 
and there are other elements involved. So the answer to your question is dig in, do everything you can. It's going to take more effort now than when I was growing up, when we were growing up, and when my sons were growing up, my sons and daughters. A, a mother and a father today are going to have to join forces. I think when you start dictating limitations on their access to their technology, then the revolutionary within all of us will backfire on you. Then they'll want to do even more and they'll do it behind your back. But I believe that ultimate love, discipline, ultimate love, ultimate love, discipline, guidance, more communication time. You know, when I was growing up, we had dinner together every night and that, 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 presented a certain guiding force in your enlightenment, your take on social issues, because my dad was hardcore on them. And I got that perspective. So if I heard the alternative perspective, I went, oh, my dad said just the opposite. I mean, look, at, Chad, look at me. The, the, the wildest rock and roller that ever lived. May, may, I, may, may I make that claim? Sure, 100%. <laughs> Loincloths and buffaloes and swinging from ropes and singing wang dang sweet food day. I mean, nobody's wilder, nobody's wilder than I was. Clean and sober, 74 years. I had a bunch of this going on. So my dad's guidance could have backfired. Oh, no, you can't smoke, you can't drink. Well, maybe I should have been a rebel without a cause and smoked and drank anyway, except that then I saw my dad's guidance affecting the musicians around me getting high and drunk and compromising the musicality of our rehearsals. We had a great arrangement. We had James Brown tight movement in the, in the middle eight, and you forgot it because you're drooling. And I started going up, like clean and sober, tuned in, especially as a deer hunter. I was raised a bow hunter. You're not going to kill a deer with a sharp stick if you're drunk or stoned. <laughs> so that pragmatism played a huge role in my world. And so I remained clean and sober instead of rebelling and getting drunk and stoned and stupid and dead because I saw those that didn't adhere to that pragmatism drooling, puking, stumbling, ruining music and dying. There's nothing more graphic than that to support my dad's guidance, even though I I wanted to rebel against him so bad, except I love the music so much. And I love getting close to game with a bow and arrow so much that I realized comfortably numb was actually uncomfortably dumb. So I had that bow hunting discipline, guitar dr music dream discipline to fortify the common sense guidance of my dad. I guess, I guess I'm really lucky maybe, but again, that bow hunting discipline and, and wanting to play these guitar licks that are very difficult to figure out for the first 20 years. So a parent now, maybe get him into music, make, get him a bow and arrow and spend more time with him. Make sure you have meals with them. Sacrifice something you thought you wanted to do. Don't do it. Do something with her. Perfect. Do advice. something with her every chance you can. I got mm -hmm. grandkids now, and I do something with them. They're all bow and arrow, <laughs> rifle, pistol shooting, <laughs> hardcore, because they see the fun that Papa ha Poppy has 
with the bow and arrow, with the 22s and with the BB guns. So I, I give up some of my cravings to overwhelm, especially coming out of Connecticut and New York, some of my grandkids. My kids have been such great parents to my grandkids that they fortified them against the propaganda ministry, which again is ubiquitous. Government decrees, lies. Big tech, fact checkers, lies. Promoting the, the, the transgender confusion insanity, promoting it, not acknowledging it, promoting it. What Disney has become, what the cartoons have become, what the commercials on, they're over, it's everywhere. They can't get away from it. Well, you can get them away from it by bringing back truth, logic, common sense, the Ten Commandments, the golden rule. How often is the golden rule discussed with children nowadays? Not enough. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Would you really want to bust your ass as a young lady to establish a swimming record and then have some dude come in and destroy it? He's a dude. Is that a girl? You can't have. Teach them that. Oh, Dad, I tried so hard and this guy ruined my record. Then get the guy the hell out of the swimming team. Get him off the basketball court. Get him out of the volleyball court. Fight for that stuff and let your kids see that you're fighting for that stuff. That's so logical. When you're fighting, when you talk about influence, there's been several episodes of Spirit of the Wild this season that have former President Donald Trump saying your name, you playing the guitar and speaking for him, um, him giving you compliments. You are also part of the probably, arguably, the most influential platform in today's society, which I consider Joe Rogan's podcast. He's sure. the greatest there is. Done twice You're personal them, yeah. friends with him. You've been on his podcast. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I might not have all the facts here. Why is it okay for Mark Zuckerberg to go on there last week? Why is it okay for Ted Nugent to go on there with his opinions and his alignment on all of these issues and topics? But why... Why did Joe Rogan say, and correct me if I'm wrong, Uncle Dead, that he won't have him on there because he doesn't want to help him out and he has no interest in helping him out? Why can't Donald Trump be on the Joe Rogan podcast or Junior if it's freedom of speech and balance and fairness? Why? I'm just wondering your opinion. Have you have you talked to the man? Have you discussed it? Have you said you need to get him on here? Because you're a very influential person. Joe Rogan's a very influential person. Why can't there be that balance of bringing him in there when he ha at least has an opportunity for a three-hour interview with the man, just like Zuckerberg did, just like Bernie Sanders did during the 2016 race, why or the 2020 race as well, yep. why can't why would he not have him on there? A question I will pose to Joe Rogan soon. <laughs> Absolutely, there is no there is no legitimate response to that because if you're for freedom of speech and you have such extreme left and right guests on to interview. Who could How could you possibly rationalize eliminating anyone? Anyone. Anyone. Especially a force like Donald Trump. And let's just, let's just conclude here honestly. So the people that hate Trump must hate secure borders. Well, if you hate Trump, then you hate secure borders, which means you hate my country. Because without secure borders... You're hurting my country. 
So if you hate Donald Trump, that must mean you like hundreds of thousands of Americans dying from fentanyl overdoses. No, really. Well, that's outrageous to say that. It is outrageous to say that because the evidence supports what I just said. If you hate Donald Trump, then you have helped create an open border where your fellow Americans are dying by the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And don't tell me you're not part of that because you were part of getting rid of Donald Trump and welcoming in this horrible, horrible human being known as Joe Biden, which has completely eliminated our borders, which means you have completely eliminated our nationality, which means you have opened it up to the drug cartels to kill your fellow Americans. You Trump haters have killed Americans. Case closed. And you Americans got us back into the Paris Accord, which means that our tax dollars are going to pay for Bangladesh pollution and India pollution and and, and China pollution. That's what the Paris Accord does. It takes your tax dollars and pays for other people's pollution. You're, you're out of your mind. If you hate Donald Trump, you are literally and provenly out of your mind. Because by hating Donald Trump, you took, is it a trillion dollars of our tax dollars between Ukraine, child sex trafficking cover-up, and, and Democrat Party, uh, 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 what is it called, money laundering, and and gazillions of dollars of our state-of-the-art military hardware to our enemies. So you don't know that your response, your response, the Trump haters, you did that, which means your your enemy, the Trump haters are the enemy of America. People go, well, that's the kind of rhetoric that gets us all divided. It's not rhetoric. I just identified some facts. It's not rhetoric. Those that hated Trump allowed us to give, what is it, $100 billion with state-of-the-art military hardware to the Taliban? Somebody going to debate me on that? That didn't happen. It did happen. And the Trump haters made it happen, which makes you bad, bad people. It's, so these are, so I'm going to get a hold of my buddy Joe Rogan, and I'm going to go, you, 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 can't, you can't compartmentalize freedom. You either have freedom. But isn't he, he's, already, he's a smart man. He knows that. He's a real smart man. He already he's knows a good that. man. He already knows that. He already knows that you can't Maybe he needs to be reminded. Sometimes we need to be reminded. And I had a bumper crop of crowbars this year, so I might have to smack him upside the head. Um, <laughs> he's a good, honest. I think he's the greatest. He's an unbelievable. Yes, yes. He, he brings out. He got Zuckerberg to admit his crimes. And How he even asked him, that? you know that was against the law. Yeah. So, um. I'm going to talk to my buddy Joe because I'll be going back on his podcast here this fall, this winter. Um, but he 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 should not have limitations on freedom of speech because if you have limitations on freedom of speech, you don't have freedom of speech. And you see, this is why the other side can't debate me. What are you going to? How are you going to debate? That if you have limitations on freedom of speech, you haven't got freedom of speech. It's not freedom of speech. Hey, hey, who's going? What's the counterpoint to that? How compassionate are you in today's world in 2022? I just was in San Francisco, Denver, Reno, Nevada, my Holy hometown. Holy smokes, yeah. How compassionate are you towards the homeless situation in America today, how it's being handled, and the effect it's having on communities and the upbringing of children? Mm. Um, simple things like our AAA baseball stadium where I live, it's hard to walk to it. Because of the drug deals, because of the fighting, because of the, 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 I'm compassionate to him. I hate seeing 
the people, but there's a reason that we've gotten here. There's a reason why there's so many homeless people in different parts of the country that I, I see it all over to where I'm going now. I mean, I was just in Bozeman, Montana and Billings and saw it there. I'm like, really? It's here. Austin, Texas. How, Austin, Texas. How com, How big of this compassion play in Ted Nugent's view of the homeless situation in America? And is there steps that we can take to get jobs, to get off addiction, to get clean? Do they want that? I'm, I'm, I got all these questions going through my head of how did it get here? I understand that we went broke. We had recessions back in 2007 and 2008. There was families losing their homes. They were going, they were becoming homeless. How did we get here to where it's become an epidemic now to where our communities are not safe anymore because of this? You know, the guitar player is here to help, right? Yes. <laughs> I have an answer and I had referenced it a moment ago. When I was growing up, we had cuckoo's nests. I call this the Ted Nugent man cave cuckoo's nest because it's got all the perfect things in it, guns and ammo and beautiful dead deer and red lechway and bows and arrows and guitars and amps. And this is like the epicenter of happiness. This is my life, liberty, and pursuit. Every time you say happiness, the dog comes in. Yeah, God, God <laughs> so happy. Hi, happy. Good to see you, buddy. Um, remember, just a come on, good boy. We'd rather be biting a dove, wouldn't he, huh? You like biting songbirds, don't you? We're having a great songbird season, aren't we, buddy? Garlic and butter and bacon and jalapenos and Happy the Wonder Dog and some Remington and some some uh, chilled eight-shot. Chad, add up what we've sent to Ukraine. Add up the money we've sent to Ukraine. Ukraine? A comedian, president comedian? I'm not talking about Biden. He doesn't even qualify as a comedian. It's not funny. Zelensky manipulated by the globalists to be president of Ukraine to cover up Hunter Biden. Oh, Sadie. 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 Girl, the greatest duck hunter in the whole world. Who loves daddy? <laughs> so beautiful. Add up the money, the tax dollars this government has torched by sending to Ukraine. It's in the many, many hundreds of billions, Chad. The military hardware that we gave to the Taliban, the money we gave to Osama bin Laden and all these terrorists, would 5% of it remedied the homeless and the feces and needles epidemic? that this leftist, in every one of those Democrat cities, by the way, it's all Democrat, every one of those horrible anti-human conditions, no compassion, as dispassionate as dispassionate can be. I have passion for my fellow man, quality of life. And it will take funds, massive funds. Our government wasted massive funds to cover up their criminal behavior instead of helping my fellow Americans. The answer is as glaring as anything I've ever experienced in my lifetime. And not only that, but when you, when you glamorize substance abuse and you open your border to the chemical warfare of fentanyl by the evil demons of the Mexican drug cartels, the Mexican drug cartels, you know, their military, their police, or their government, that cartel, it's all self-inflicted. 
the, the Democrats did it. Their, their compassion for the heroin addict, well, give them more heroin. <laughs> it's not compassion. The kid's drowning. Hold his head underwater. Oh, that might be my greatest metaphor yet. The poor child is drowning. Here, hold his head under the water. Well, the people are on heroin and fentanyl. Let's get them some more heroin and fentanyl. Am I out of my mind? No, it's exactly what happened. It's so obvious. The kid keeps touching the hot stove. Well, hold his hand on the burner. No, 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 no. Teach him not to. Help him not to. Guide him, nurture him, love him away from the dangerous conditions. You don't legalize heroin in Portland and Seattle. You don't let them camp by the schoolyard and shoot up and defecate in the streets. The Democrats, they've... Don't ask me why or we'll have an aneurysm. Evil is evil. I don't care why. It's wrong. I don't care why the dog's foaming at the mouth. It's rabies. You need to get rid of that dog. I love my dogs, but not the foaming at the mouth ones. The Democrats are foaming at the mouth. They're evil. They've cultivated in every city. My beloved Detroit, Chad, it was the arsenal of democracy when I was born. It was perfect. The love, the work ethic. My Detroit, when I was born in 1948, right up until we moved in 64, 1965, we moved out of Detroit. Just for condition, my dad got transferred to Chicago. But it was already happening. What was once the globally revered work ethic productivity epicenter of Earth. Detroit, it qualified. It was the work ethic productivity epicenter of Earth. And everybody knew it and everybody worshipped it. Because who doesn't want to have a great work ethic and sustain themselves and provide for their family, be an asset to their neighborhood and their fellow man and their country and their society? That's what Detroit represented. And then the union started lying Jimmy Hoffa, and scamming, and promising this for that, but then they took that and used it for themselves. And the Democrats, yeah, I don't have to work so hard. We can get you here. Take a couple of days off. We'll get you these guys that are over here working really hard to give you some of their money. And look what it is today. They did that. The Democrats did that. San Francisco. I used to love going to San Francisco. L.A., I used to love going to L.A. Chicago, we would just go to Chicago just to eat. Detroit was awesome. Baltimore was seafood. Oh, New York City, what an adventure. Democrats ruin everything they touch. And I hate to be so simplistic, but it's pretty simplistic. In every, look at a map of America that shows conservatives or Republicans versus Democrats, liberals, and all those blue smudges. You know what every Democrat blue smudge is? The highest of violent crime, the engineered recidivism guaranteeing the highest rate of violent crime, the homelessness, the the savagery of feces and needles and and drug-infested encampments and rape and carjacking and slashing and shooting and stabbing by people that are already arrested for shooting and stabbing and slicing. And they keep letting them out to shoot and stab and slice again. And they're going, we can't imagine why there's an explosion of violent crime. Because you're sending a message that violent crime is okay. 
and you're letting them out to do it again. It's engineered recidivism. They're cultivating repeat offenders. They're rewarding repeat offenders. What the hell else could you possibly think will be the result of such a policy? So my compassion is, again, truth, logic, common sense, and pragmatism. We're spending money on horrible, horrible policies, dangerous, counterproductive, life-destroying policies, instead of helping people that could really use some help. But it's got to be hard love. It's got to be crowbar love. You can't shoot up anymore. We're not going to give you needles. We're going to take the needles away. Well, that's hard for them. Isn't that the description of life? Of course life is hard. But if you're doing heroin, you're you're a liability. You're a liability yourself, to your family, your neighborhood, the street, my country, and even my family, because I keep having to pay your damage control. The Democrats are all about unlimited, unaccountable damage control. A good conservative is about quality control before it gets out of hand. We used to have a place called uh, Eloise outside of Detroit where it was a cuckoo's nest. If people were mentally ill, you just don't let them go shopping with other people so they can stab you and shoot you and rape you and, and sucker punch you and kill you. That's what's happened. We got footage. It's, it's rampant. Daily. And it's all in Democrat-run hellholes. And they just keep doing it. Chicago, they won't charge guys with smoking guns with gun laws, but they want to add more gun laws. Huh? A a law-abiding gun owner in Illinois has to have a firearms owner ID card. Do you think anybody shooting each other, probably since we sat down, how many have shot each other in Chicago since we sat down an hour ago? 25. (laughs) Non-stop. And it was all people who were already arrested for shooting somebody, and they let them out to shoot somebody again. And th- and this is this is um, uh, mysterious to who? This is a mystery to who? To uh, and why would that horrible mayor keep doing that? Lori Lightfoot, what what species is that? It can't be the same as you and I because you and I are incapable of such indecency, such cruelty, such criminality. Such negativity, such hate, such viciousness. And the Democrats are the masters of it. Newsom, the governor of California. Solar panels and wind turbines. And you can get an electric car, but you can't charge it. I mean, everything out of their mouth is just like bizarre. It's like Timothy Leary, pretzel logic. Gaga craziness. And if some of the videos, the music videos that your 11-year-old daughter is subjected to, I'm, I see these once in a while. Somebody sends it to me. It's all gargoyles and, and dark black Satanism Serpent. and child sacrifice for a hit pop song. The Illuminati. Uh, it, it's everywhere. So so you're, the number one song has child sacrifice as part of the music yikes and the people oh it's just imagery it's not it's harmless it's not harmless no way it's not it's it's harmful everything about the democrats is extremely harmful and as you try to fight this i want to know the truth on how much research do you do personally 
two-part question, and I'll, I'll ask the second part after you answer the first part. Before you endorse somebody, I've, asked, I've talked to you about endorsing people, and you, and you researched it before you did it. You have, a, you have a team. I do. That protects you on this and helps well, you research. Well, they don't protect me. They well, they assist, help you research. They and assist they, me, yeah. They assist you. Yeah. Well, protect you was the wrong word. How much research do you do before you actually put your stamp on an individual is an endorsement for office? Oftentimes, not enough. Because I have people in my circle, really good people, smart people, hardworking, positive, we the people, participant people, you know, because this is an experiment in self-government and we're in this horrible situation because not enough Americans perform their we the people responsibility for experimenting in self-government. They kind of, well, I'm not into politics. Yeah, what do we... You can't be an American and not be into politics. That's the essence of being an American. You experiment in self-government. You determine who qualifies to represent you in our government. Jeez. But they've been, so many conservatives especially have been sitting on the sidelines, especially the licensed hunters. We've talked about this before. Holy smokes, talking about cultural suicide. But I, I listened to my friends and I, 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 first, my first question is, do they believe we have a Second Amendment without paperwork? Do you believe that the Second Amendment gives a free man and woman the right to keep and bear arms without a license, without paperwork? It's like the First Amendment, I don't need paperwork. The Second Amendment, I don't need paperwork. And the First Amendment is good in America. My Second Amendment is good in America. California can't claim I don't have a Second Amendment. Illinois can't claim. New York can't claim I don't have a Second Amendment. It's, it's enumerated in the <laughs> Bill of Rights. And it even says in the Constitution, any rights here not enumerated are left up to the states. It's enumerated. If they, if, if they pass that litmus test, I'll probably jump on it. But also with the abortion issue, it should be legal, safe, and rare. And it's on you. If you want one, buy one. Don't send me the bill. Because I don't believe in it. But I can't control your autonomy. Uh, hunting rights. Do you believe the government can tell me I can't eat a ribeye in the sky? You tell me that the government can dictate immorality? So I, I run this down, down the list. I did it with Dr. Oz. I did it with um, Herschel Walker. I did it with a bunch of governor and senator and congressman and sheriff and candidates all around the country. Um, Sometimes it backfires because I, right now, I'll be perfectly honest with you. My litmus, litmus test is, will Donald Trump endorse them? That sounds overly simplistic and, and submissive. But I think the conservative movement must be united. So that's a perfect transition into part two of the question, Uncle Ted. Is the strategy of Donald Trump and his endorsements to qualify them as a advantage and a benefit of his next presidential running campaign because two of the people that you did research on and your team did research on that support everything that you just did rebecca clayfish yep. in wisconsin and joseph gilbert in nevada yep were both not endorsed by donald trump and they that. both lost yep and it drove me nuts which is one of the reasons i made that next decision but let me correct you i don't believe and this will be hard for some people to stomach. I don't believe that Donald Trump makes decisions based on his 
political career. I believe the guiding light for his political career is, is my guiding light is what is constitutional, what is Christian, and what is provenly better for our society. Yeah. I'm not running, though I'm hammered to do so all the time. I'm not going to. I believe Donald Trump's prime interest is what's good for America. I believe that if Donald Trump believes that he became an obstacle for conservative candidates, I believe he would back out. I, I've been to his rallies. I saw Joe Biden's rally where there was a dozen people and 10 of them were his closed cronies. Donald Trump draws tens of thousands of hardworking, good Americans, Christian, conservatives, employed, working, conservationists, diversity on every level. How can there be a question whether a candidate, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, is better for America when Joe Biden literally calls parents asking questions at a school board terrorists. Ah! Donald Trump is so clearly the right guy. What he did for his four years was all good. I want a buck 87 a gallon for gas again. I want energy dominance again. I want secure borders again. I want law and order again. I want agriculture maximize productivity. I want to sell wheat to Russia. We can do this. Uh, what else has been going on lately? I mean, no more. China can't buy any more farmland. China and Russia can't buy any more steel mills. It, it, America, I don't want to be an isolation. Why is Bill Gates buying so much property in Arkansas? Because he's evil. He He's on record. Well, we need to get rid of at least 50% of the human population. Yikes. This guy's not in a straight jacket yet. <laughs> he said it on film. Yeah. He's a bad, bad man. He, he's become um, a self-inflicted godlike creature to himself, where because he's so wealthy and has created such technology that has been so successful, he thinks he has the power of God. That's dangerous. He's a dangerous man. He's with Klaus Schwab. <laughs> Listen to Klaus Schwab talk. Who's with this guy? George Soros. Who believes in this guy? The International Monetary Fund. Listen to them talk. The World Health Organization. Listen to this guy talk. You would invite him to what children's party? All these globalists, these are dangerous, evil, monster, satanic, power-abusing monsters. We the people have to stand up to him more. You know who I want you to have an interview with? A great hunter and a great rock and roll monster? Mark Farner of Grand Funk Railroad. This guy has been on it for a long time and he has been ostracized because of it. He is a Christian. He is a work monster, work ethic, fam God, family, country. He's a, a an organic, earthly conservationist. Um, I'm going to introduce you to Mark Farner. because He's a legendary musical force of unequaled power. I've read, maybe the greatest voice in the history of rock and roll. That's quite a statement because there's a bunch of them. 
But boy, listen to that guy sing. Whoa. And the music he makes. Whoa. And the things. Better he, than Axl Rose? Vastly. No way. Vastly. <laughs> vastly. I don't better. know, Mr. Ted. And Axl Rose, Axl Rose is awesome. God bless him. I'm glad he's showing up on time and putting his heart and soul into his music. Um, but Mark Farner uh, it has a, a, a voice that is a gift from God and it's soulful and it's it's unlimited. It's a, really a gift. But anyhow, my point being is that what's going on right now is a manifestation of a cultural abandonment. And that's where the left metastasize into this horrible force that the globalists love. And, and Bill Gates is the tip of the evil spear, I believe, right there with Klaus Schwab and that 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 horrible Dr. Fauci and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and Eric Holder and, oh my God, and, and, and Adam Schiff, yikes, and Chuck Schumer, yikes, and Barbara Boxy, ah, listen to these people talk. Listen to what they say. Well, look at their facial expressions when they talk. They're just pure evil. Well, you can't have insider trading, but we can. But We work for you, but we get to vote ourselves a raise. Stop the train! It's yeah. it, it's all upside down. It's it's unbelievable. You and I can't operate like the U.S. government does right now. I'll make a real bold statement for you. Uncle Sam is the enemy. Mark Milley, Joint Chiefs of Staff, the authority of the U.S. military, looks right in the camera and goes, Yeah, well, I called the uh, commander of the communist Chinese military, and I told him I'd warn him what our plans are. Yeah, I want you to I want you to find a human being to think that's okay, and then lock that human being up. If that's not treason, what would be treason? Right. If the Joint Chief Chiefs of Staff Mark Milley, General Fatso Mark Milley, who thinks white rage is a threat, and that mothers asking about gender confusion at a school board meeting is a terrorist, and will call the commander of the Communist Chinese military to warn him what our plans are, if that wouldn't be treason, what would be treason? It's it's literally a, a, we're being tested. We're being tested, and if we don't come together, and I'm going to say it right now on the Chad Belding Balding Bluster Blunderbust podcast, hunters, if you're not registered to vote your God gift your family values, Nancy Pelosi would like to say thank you. If the licensed hunters are not registered to vote their traditional values that are that are epitomized by their hunting lifestyle. Nancy Pelosi considers you an ally. Thanks for nothing. Hunternation.org. I just write it down. Hunternation.org. We're circling the wagons. If the licensed hunters voted in meaningful numbers in this country, it would be America, it would be America overnight. As I know these guys. And a lot of them have been sitting it out over the years. We've got the evidence and it's heartbreaking. And again, that's that, that's that self-inflicted cultural suicide of non-participation. This is an experiment in self-government. That includes all you selfs out there. All you licensed hunters, you're part of that self-army. And if you haven't been voting, that's why this monster is in the White House. Makes total sense. And I also have one other ask of you is there's a new social platform getting ready to launch by a farming family in Maryland. 
that are backing this. It's called Camo Space. And Camo Space? Yes. And it's by uh, an American farming family. Watermelons, corn. I mean, they're an awesome family. They've just signed myself and Michael Waddell, who I want to ask you about in a second before we end this podcast, to launch this platform of no sensitivity, no shame, bring your hunting, fishing, farming, plowing, providing conservation stories, resource stewardship stories over here. Let's build a community to where we don't have to get knocked down for being a hunter on these other ones that don't support our lifestyle. And we're fighting every day to try to get likes and we're trying to get reach and we're trying to get, you know, outreach and engagement and all of this stuff. And we're just getting shadow banned left and right. So I would love Ted Nugent to have a home on camo space. I like the idea. I want to be there. And I want to introduce you to them. What is it about your love and admiration for Michael Waddell that has lasted a friendship throughout the years, almost a fatherly figure to where now he is stepping outside of just the, the stick and string and the tree stand. Mm-hmm. And he is becoming the new voice of reason of almost like his give a, you know, what meter is, is past the, the, the red light and he's over it. And he's, he's, he's speaking his mind. Yep. Why do you have such a love and admiration He's my favorite of all time. I've always told you that you I've always told you that you and him are my favorite of all time. Why? Why do you love him so much and why is it important for somebody like Michael Waddell to back the sediments that you've been preaching since the 1960s? Well, Michael's the real McCoy. You know, I, the ultimate compliment you can give somebody is they're down to earth. They're grounded. Well, that really identifies the hunting, trapping, conservation lifestyle. You got to be connected to God's miraculous creation the dirt, the pulse of nature, the, the annual season of harvest, the, the resource stewardship responsibilities, the hands-on conservation lifestyle. And he has always so well represented that as a down-to-earth good old boy. I mean, if ever there was a, a booger-bottom Ted Nugent, it would be Michael Waddell. And even though I am this rock and roll thing, um, I live that same lifestyle. And he and I happened to run into each other many, many years ago. And he's a guitar player himself. And I I think when we first met, he was not a guitar player. But everybody who feels that spirit, they got to express themselves on an electric guitar at some point. It's just the unlimited musical capable voice of emotional and human expression because you can bend those strings. You can move that guitar around. You can get those different voices and textures and frequencies. And so as a guy that um, shoots a bow and arrow, which happens to be the first guitar, the first time there was a guitar note was on a string stretched over a, a, a stick that went twang and somebody fell in love with that twanging sound. I'm sure that. It's just like the first drum beat was a stretched skin that got thumped. They're making, whether they're making a teepee or clothing, boom, twang, boom, boom, twang. There's your first duo, your first rhythm and blues <laughs> duo. So Michael and I connected because we love the outdoor lifestyle and he loved the guitar and I love my guitar. So we had a communication there on those two levels. And then it turned out that we shared all that God, family, country, constitution, bill of rights, independence, um, self-sufficiency. The provider, like the name of your cookbook, he he's driven on a spiritual level to provide for his family and to provide for himself, which ultimately provides for everybody. 
because you're in the asset column, not the liability column. So he and I struck it out. And I saw that over the years, he has this unbelievable down to earth. I want to say, I want to use the word hillbilly, which is <laughs> in my world, that's the ultimate compliment because you are like a billy goat in the hills. And he's got this, this down to earth rural sensibility that he's able to articulate because he lives it, but not everybody that lives it can speak it. And he's got that two-pronged capability of the education of the great outdoors and, and able to put it into words that are believable. That's the most important thing a human being can have is believability. So from his lifetime of hunting, fishing, trapping, outdoor, resource stewardship, conservation, environmental um, beneficial activities, He's able to put it in the words like nobody else. And when Michael talks, it's as honest and believable as it gets. And that's the ultimate missing link to relate to the public. That's why I've always got after the industry. Everybody should be able to hear Michael Waddell. I've gotten buddies in the uh, media world. You got to talk to Michael Waddell. Who's Michael Waddell? Well, he's this hillbilly buddy of mine that loves to kill deer with a bow and arrow who can express the perfection of God's tooth, fang, and claw miracle of nature. And he's, he's got this down-home sensibility to him that is unique. There's a bunch of guys that have that but aren't able to put it in a, in a believable cadence of articulation. There's a campfire spirit to when someone is not worried about how someone might react to what you're saying. And that's where political correctness and the culture war turned into a, a, just, a just a toilet. As people became afraid, and I could name a bunch of celebrities that will never speak as clearly as me and Michael because they're afraid they might lose record sales or they might lose ticket sales or they might not be able to connect with a bunch of liberal consumers. <laughs> what a horrible consideration that must be. But Michael is the real McCoy, and he's really articulate in a down-to-earth, believable fashion. So he's a real asset to conservation, and his, his shows and his success proves that. Amazing statement. Yep. I couldn't agree more. So yep. if you were going to personally pick the riff on that guitar, how old is that guitar? Well, this one happens to be, a, I think this is a 62. This is my number four baby. That's a 1962 Gibson. Gibson Birdland. Birdland. Yeah, made for jazz stuff. If you had a riff to baptize the 2022-23 hunting season, you're getting ready to go to Michigan for a big thing next weekend. Yeah, the unleashing of the annual Nugent family spirit orgy in the swamps of Michigan. To take us out today, Mr. Ted, thank you so much for this. Right here in the man cave. I can do it. What is the riff that you would baptize this season with? Well, I'm going to come up with a brand new one right now.
that. I don't wow. know what it was, but that was pretty cool. <laughs> Can I please have that pick? Huh? Can I please have you that may. pick? Oh, look at that. That will bring you much mojo. Oh, a Ted Nugent pick. Magic mojo of the great spirit. Thank you, Mr. Ted Nugent. You bet, man. God bless Enjoy you. Enjoy your 2022-23 season. Like a man in heat. <laughs> Me too. I can't wait. Good talking to you, man. Good talking great to you. Great campfire. Thank you.